0: Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahneman. Thanks
1: for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahneman on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today, guys. We are in the a segment we've never covered in 250 plus episodes. We're talking trading cards in this whole sports memorabilia space. We've never covered that until today. And so I'm so excited. You guys are going to learn from one of the best in the industry. And on the podcast today is Jason Howarth. He is the head of marketing over at Panini America. Dude, it is so great to have you on the podcast.
2: Thanks, Justin. Really excited to be here and, and uh, happy holidays.
1: Yeah, you too, man. It's so great to uh, meet you. Um, you know, for me, I knew a little bit about this space. I have a feeling what I thought I knew is like two percent of the hundred percent. So I'm so excited to learn more uh, today with you. Um, this is a world that I really don't know, I, and I can't mm-hmm. wait to unpack it with you. So let's do this first before we get to Panini and kind of the the business part of it. Just share with our audience a little bit of your background and how you even got involved in. This. This world
2: yeah well so i mean i guess you could say i got in the involved in this world when i started collecting cards as a kid and spending all my money at the local hobby store perfect <laughs> and and my mom told me i was my mother told me i was wasting my money but here i am employed by trading cards so i told her so that's crazy um, <laughs> that's, that's hilarious so, so i mean collected as a kid obviously and then you know you know would i was one of those kids that even as i grew older if I saw a pack of cards at the store, you know, I always want I, because I followed sports so much, I always wanted to just open up a pack of cards just to see what was inside. So totally. Even in my 20s and 30s, you know, if I'd see cards at a store, I'd pick them up just randomly and be like, all right, let's just see what's inside, you know, and you'd get super excited when you found like one of those top rookies. Um, or a player from your favorite team. Oh, that's
1: right. You didn't know, you know what was so, inside. I
2: forgot about yeah, that. You're exactly. right. They, they are the original blind pack.
1: That's so, so crazy. Right? Like, so you don't know. I
2: mean, since the beginning of time, they've been originally in blind packs and now everyone likes blind packs or, you know, um, <laughs> of course. so anyway, so I mean, I started out there and then, you know, um, when I graduated from Boston university, I, um, I, I wanted to get into sports PR That naturally changed and had to go find a real job. So I worked (laughs) in the investor relations firm, uh, worked in an investor relations firm for about two years. Sure. uh, And then joined Alan Taylor Communications, which is now Taylor. Yep. uh, On the PR side, uh, handed a lot of sports business related you know, work and efforts and projects and those types of things. And then I moved to Boston, worked for a full service agency. Got it. Uh, you know, for eight years, doing a number of different things with a number of different brands. And um, towards the end of my tenure on the agency side, I secured Panini as a client. Yep. they were just coming into the U.S. market uh, in 2009. Uh, we launched them into the U.S. marketplace around their uh, new NBA exclusive at the time. Um, which was a break from the Panini tradition in that historically Panini has been known for their sticker collections. You know, primarily the FIFA world cup is the one that, you know, people, you know, always jump in on every four years totally. and Panini's produced that collection every, every year since 1970 or every four years since 1970. Wow. Uh, but they came into the U S market, um, and bought Donruss trading cards, which is why we're headquartered here in Texas. Got it. Uh, Dallas, Texas area. Um, you know, became the exclusive trading card partner of the NBA, uh, signed a global partnership with Kobe Bryant to be the face of the wow. brand. Um, you know, and Kobe worked with us, you know, up until, you know, his unfortunate accident.
0: Sure.
2: Um, you know, and so we've, you know, we've grown the, cre- the the trading card space. And as we inherited, you know, as we, you know, got Donruss as our brand in the U.S. marketplace, you know, we expanded out, we, you know, started to do the NFL Uh, that was a shared license we took that over five years ago five years ago now we're exclusive you know with the nfl and the nfl players association wow exclusive with nascar exclusive with fifa exclusive with the english premier league and about 200 colleges wow so amazing um, you know we cover all sports
1: and so when did you make the move from the agency side over to panini
2: uh in 2010
1: wow and so, um right and, at
2: the beginning
1: that's awesome um and so you know to rewind back uh, so thank you for grounding us in in at the, the high level where you guys are today um and by the way i was thinking about it like i remember like those packs of cards when i was younger and i also used to collect like pencils like do you remember when there's like football pencils i don't know if you remember uh-huh. that like no that was one of the things i collected instead of cards okay. but um <laughs> yeah i know it doesn't matter we're a
2: big we're a big believer in that Everybody collects something. We prefer <laughs> them to collect trading cards or stickers, <laughs> so but so if you want to collect pencils, we're fine
1: with <laughs> oh that. Oh, my teacher. God. No, I got rid of them <laughs> um, already. Okay. So, anyway, um, tell everyone who Panini is. Give a little bit of the history of this company.
2: Yeah. I mean, so we're celebrating our 60th year. 60th. Uh, Amazing. Yep. So, it, it's funny. Um, you know, Panini uh, is a is a family. It started with, Walt well, four brothers, uh, the Panini brothers, who are in the newspaper business. Uh, And started inserting stickers in their uh, Italian newspapers of Serie A soccer players. Got it. Uh, And fans started getting excited and buying a ton of newspapers. And they must have caught on and said, you know what? This business about players and stickers is probably a good thing. Let's move out of the newspaper business and get into the sticker business. And so that's how it started. Wow um they they've created since 1961 uh a sticker collection called el cacciatore which is the Serie A so- sticker collection in Italy um they're based in Modena Italy which is also the birthplace of balsamic vinegar wow um the real balsamic vinegar real
1: not, not the kind of um, the grocery store
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah birth, birth, birthplace of Ferrari. Wow. Uh, yep. And Luciano Pavarotti. So, you know, Panini keeps good company, I think is That's pretty is amazing. Well, and, and,
1: and what an interesting industry. And so give us some grounding in um, the overall industry. Is it trending up, down, sideways? Like, what does it look like in the time that you've, you've been a part of this for a while now? What have you seen in terms of trends?
2: It is rocketing. <laughs> Really? So, you know, I think, you know, it's funny, you go through the 80s and 90s, which, you know, 10, you know, people always refer to that as like kind of the heyday of trading cards. But what happened back then is that, you know, manufacturers forgot what trading cards were meant to be about, which was built on scarcity. And so Got they it. just overproduced, they overproduced the product, um, you know, devalued the product. Um, you know, and, you know, and so, you know, all those people that thought that they were going to be able to retire on, you know, buying Bojacks <laughs> and donors rated rookie right. cards, like me, right. um, you know, weren't able to do that. Uh, and so, you know, when Panini came into the market, the market had started to shift. Uh, and that we're starting to add autographs into our trading card products. Okay, adding memorabilia, so getting jerseys of players and cutting them up and putting them into trading cards.
1: Okay, so what do you mean by getting autographs? Is that I mean I know what an autograph but what do you mean by that in terms of yeah. making a product? Yeah,
2: yeah. So, for example, we have partnerships with you know over two thousand athletes uh, across all sports. Uh, Where they'll sign autographs on our cards. So, there's a couple of different ways that that happens. You know, we send them the cards or we sit down with them and they sign the cards. Um, We have other elements that we've gotten creative about embedding into the product so it doesn't always feel like just an autograph on a card. Right. Uh, you know that we you know so we work with our you know athletes to do those and then embed those in, and, and integrate them into our trading card products and then the memorabilia component which is as i mentioned you know we cut up jerseys of players and insert them into the product and that creates another level of value that's kind of cool um,
1: so does it still feel like a card? Like what does that yeah. mean? What does that look yeah. like then?
2: Yeah, so there's like a cutout within the card where the jersey is inserted. Got um, it. And it varies on sizes, so you know there are things that like people get really excited about uh, when it comes to the memorabilia in the card. Like if you have a piece of you know the team logo um, in the card, uh, in the card, got yeah, it. You know, or a piece of the jersey number from the card. You know, for Patrick Mahomes, sure. Um, you know, or you know, a nameplate. So on the back of the on the back of the jersey, where it has the players' names, we've done everything from cutting out like the uh, like. I'll use Patrick Mahomes as an example. Yeah, I love taking him. All of Mahomes <laughs> and cutting out all the letters, and then individually inserting those letters into the cards, so that people get excited and don't just want to collect the M on the card. They want to they collect want all the, the pieces. All. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. And so, yes, and so thankfully, you know, they can't, you know. That that would have been super hard to do in the 80s and 90s, but right. with the emergence of the internet and case breaking, um, and you know products available on a secondary market from an individual perspective, they could go out and track that and find you know those other pieces if that's what they wanted to collect to spell out the full name.
1: Sure. Wow. Now, um, for some of our listeners that are collectors, they are the next question. They're going to roll their eyes because they're going to go, "Dude, you should know," or "I know," or "But where do people buy these?" cards like where do you trade them like what what does the, that industry yep, look sure. like
2: so there's a number of ways that people buy cards you can buy them at hobby stores um all over the world uh you can buy them online so in the u.s walmart and target mass retailers sure. um, as well as um, ebay yeah ebay um you can buy them online at panini uh, but the other thing that happens in terms of where people buy cards or how they're getting access to cards is uh, this new, well, I shouldn't say new, it's been around for six or seven years called case breaking.
1: Yeah. So what does that mean? I know you mentioned that earlier and I saw that in blockchain yeah. referenced in some research I did.
2: Yeah. So case breaking is when uh, literally they set up a live stream and they'll have cases of product. And then the case ah, of, you know, got it. Yeah. and so in the case of the end and, in, in, you know, in, you know, using the NBA as an example with the season starting tonight. Uh, really excited for that. To totally.
1: <laughs> A plug yep. for the NBA. Yep.
2: <laughs> yep. So using the NBA, you know, there'll be 30 spots within that case break. And every uh, and and then usually what happens is it's randomized. So you might end up getting... Um, the New York Knicks, and I might end up getting the Boston Celtics. I'm from Boston, so you know I'm gonna use Boston. <laughs> of course. And every card that comes out of the every card that comes out of that case that's a Boston Celtic goes to me. And every card that comes out of the New York Knicks goes to you. Got it. So, you know, in this case with this year's class, you you would be really excited because Abi Toppin, who is a top five pick. Um, you know, will every one of his rookie cards goes directly to you, and that happens online, live stream. People are opening it and sharing it. People are chatting in the, you know, in the online chat. Is this is case breaking? And and I, you know, what's what's really interesting is, you know, the, this has kind of emerged about six or seven years ago. But as things kind of happened with this pandemic and people had to stay home, it became one of those safest, socially distant types of activities that you can do and still feel a part of a community. Got and it. And so a lot well, of people marketplace case breaking.
1: So you think that's what's driven some of the industry growth this year is just that, you know, almost inward focus slash, you know, uh, gives them something to, to do during pandemic that maybe they aren't distracted by travel and other things.
2: Yeah, no, I think that there's a couple of things that have driven it. We started to, you know, climb, you know, I think it's fair to say 18 to 24 months ago. Oh,
1: interesting. Okay. Um,
2: you know, where we, you know, and the and the global market case breaking is, you know, that, that collecting and, you know, where you would open up a pack in a hobby store, you know, only your friends would see you at the hobby store. Now that it's online, everyone sees it. Got and it. so, you know, we've got a really strong following in China. We launched our social platforms in China in 2019. Uh, launched our online store in China in April of 2020 in the middle of the pandemic. That wasn't part of the plan, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, just so happened to be in the mix, right? Um, you know, so we've got this global collecting community, and and so everyone sees it, and that's you know, and that's part of it. And then I think what's happened is, you know, when the pandemic happened and sports stopped for seven months you know, there was still that need and that desire to want to collect cards and, and feel connected or want, one wanting to connect to the player and the sports and, and, and to those teams. And so that was one of, you know, one of the benefits of trading cards is that that's what we do is Got we it. connect fans to the players and, te- and teams. You know, and then obviously you had this amazing rookie class on the NBA side with, you know, John Morant and Zion Williamson sure, and Tyler Totally. Hero you know, and Rui Hachimori, you could go on uh, and then follow that with, you know, one of the most exceptional NFL classes I've seen in the 10 years of Panini with, you know, this class with, you know, Justin Herbert and Joe sure. Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa and all those other guys and top running backs and wide receivers. And, you know, we're going to continue to see that with this upcoming NBA, well, this, this new class that starts tonight uh, with the NBA. Uh, as well as this upcoming NFL draft in April.
1: Wow. now you mentioned NFL, NBA, and I know you met, and I saw NASCAR as well. Where, what about Major League Baseball, college, other, you know, hockey, etc.? Yeah. Where do, do, are they owned by other brands like Panini, or how does that work?
2: Yeah so we uh, on major league baseball we have a relationship with the major league baseball players association got it um so we do baseball cards you know tied to our license with major league baseball players association and the players that play within the league uh, and then there's another manufacturer that has the exclusive rights for the properties side of the business got it uh, same thing goes on the nhl side on the college side we you know as i mentioned you know we have rights exclusive rights to over 200 schools wow so uh what we do is obviously there are some rules related to eligibility and how you you know highlight players and so what we do is we wait for those players to declare to become a professional and then we put them in their collegiate uniform oh so that's so cool they sign that's with an cool. agent you know for example for tua you know, last year, sure. his first trading card was in an Alabama uniform after he declared for the after. NFL. Draft and signed with an agent. Okay. So, not during uh, their time, you know, in college.
1: And do you do limited runs or do you cap the number of cards yeah. that are made so you create almost inherent, you know, demand?
2: Yeah. Well, so, I mean, trading cards has always been built on scarcity. And, sure. and during the 80s, people forgot that. Right. And so <laughs> we, stick, we stick hard and true to that. Um, you know, creating a number of different things. So unique numbering. So we have cards that are one of one. Oh, okay. So they are
1: numbered. Got it.
2: Yep. 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 We have some that are numbered and some that are not numbered. And then there's other ways of creating value within those, within those products. We have, you know, special inserts um, that are, you know, unique and different. You know, um, unique parallels. One of our most popular products right now is our Prism product across all sports. Sure. Um, You know, or our Mosaic product, uh, product which has got like a a metallic hollow foil to it. So there's like when you, you know, flick it, you see a different element of light that pops into the card. Um, That's cool. You know, and creates another level of uniqueness, which is you know drives the the secondary market of that card. Um, and then in other scenarios we've got products like our flawless brand uh, where we embed diamonds into the cards on top of player autographs yeah Um, you know we insert you know ounces of you know silver Troy ounces (laughs) you know 24 hours
1: no longer just the old card
2: (laughs) no No, it's definitely not the cards that I collect. Oh, my gosh.
1: Now, how do you validate or verify authenticity, um, especially as a consumer that's collecting?
2: Super important. So, one, understand who owns the licenses to those sports. That's number one.
1: Got it. So,
2: any of our brands, so like in the case of the NFL, will produce 36 different products that range from, you know, $399 a pack to anywhere from, you know, a hundred dollars a pack to $250 a pack to $500 a pack. And it goes up, you know? And so the higher the price point, the more scarce that product is. Got it. So in the case of the NFL, we'll produce 36 different products. Some brands you grew up with like Donruss and score and contenders. Those are our heritage brands and new brands like prism, which has been out for, I guess, since 2012. Um, you know, but really super popular right now in our Mosaic brand. We just launched that for the first time in the NFL this year. Got it. Um, You know, we'll have 32 to 36 different brands on the NBA side. And so, you know, all kind of varying price points. So that's super important. Um, Everything we do in terms of player autographs, we, you know, we get affidavits from all the players when we're, you know, when we're with them that they sign and, you know, they sign the affidavit David, verifying that it is in fact their signature. So we have that as backup. Sure. Uh, so that we can go and put on the back of our card, you know, that this autograph is authenticated by us because we have the affidavits from those players. Got it. You know, that's um, very cool. You know, so that's how you, that's how you can tell, you know, for that's, those are the key pieces of the authenticity side of it. Um, and so you know, for
1: Panini, do you have to do any, like marketing do you i like, or do people just know and it's more of distribution and um I'd say uh you know presence of the product do you know what i'm saying like do you really have to tell like, how much marketing is there in, in traditional marketing for cards and whatnot that are coming out?
2: Yeah, a lot. Okay. Um, you know, I would say that, you know, I think that the one thing that we've done through um, you know, traditional is a funny word for marketing, um, <laughs> yeah, that's fair could, you, you, know, you know what um, I'm saying
1: though, like do you have yeah, to yeah, yeah. make people aware that the TUA card's Absolutely. coming June 1st, you know, like yeah. it, how important so is a, that?
2: We have we have a scheduled cadence for how we roll out a product from a marketing perspective and so we sh- you know, we push that out across social platforms primarily and sure. then obviously solicitations to to you know, hobby stores and distributors and, and retailers and those types of things. But the biggest piece is connecting it to the consumer and sharing that information. So through our blog, we do a lot of that in terms of highlighting what the I product's going to look like, yep. how that looks, what you can expect in the product, the breakout for that. But then the, I think the other thing that's really super important, we and we've done this from the from the very beginning, is really you know leveraging the athlete. The athlete is our product, and so. You know, we spend a lot of time, as I mentioned, we've got, you know, over 2000 active contracts across the board in all sports. And so they're spending a lot of time signing our cards. And so capturing content with them, signing our, our cards, you know, working closely with those athletes and integrating them into our marketing efforts. You know, whether that be, you know, in this case, you know, this year, it's been a lot about virtual meet and greets. Sure. And Zoom calls with players to talk about, you know, an upcoming game or their experience or their process. Um, you know, and then a lot of, you know, offline, you know, um, marketing, you know, with with traditional and non traditional elements, but, you know, we live and breathe in the social space. So, you know, we're really active in terms of pushing out, um, you know, everything from a marketing perspective on Twitter and on Instagram you know Instagram's great for us in terms of sure. storytelling just absolutely based on our product. yep so you know that's where we we live the most
1: yeah and I saw in addition to trading cards you guys can check out paniniamerica.net um and it's just uh, very easy to navigate you can look at the sport you can look at the individual um, panini exclusives i mean i see so i see you have memorabilia here as well yes. um what percentage of the business is that versus the other elements
2: so I would say it's probably anywhere from five to ten percent. We're sure. really focused on the trading card side of it, Got it. but this, we do yeah. have great. You know, we've been very selective in who we have as um, exclusive athletes. Um, you know, in that process, and as I mentioned, Kobe kind of kicked that off with us uh, ten years ago, and then we slowly grew that. Um, you know, really, you know, focusing on the NBA side. So we've added, you know, guys like Charles Barkley and John Morant, who was the here last year and, you know, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And, um, you know, and then this year's class, we have an exclusive, uh, autographing memorabilia deal with Anthony Edwards, the number one overall pick who will be playing in Minnesota. Uh, you know, and and start to get into regular season games here this week.
1: Sure. And do they get a percentage of like when and when you do these deals? I'm guessing they're getting some sort of percentage in the the overall like revenue.
2: It really varies. I mean, obviously we we pay them. Um, they we we pay them for every signature that they give Got us. Got it. So okay.
1: Yeah. I was, that's that's, that's really kind that. of the, that's amazing. The it's really monetizing it. their own brand. It's amazing.
2: Yeah. Um, and for rookies, I mean, you know, rookies are you know the the most important card, you know, for any players is, is rookie, rookie card. card. So your rookie year, you will sign a lot of autographs. Ah, God. Um, and then as you evolve and, you know, gro- go into your second and third and 10 year, 10 years down the road, whatever you're signing cards for us, but they the volume is less. Um, what about a rookie? You're,
1: who's you're, like a nobody, you know, fourth, fifth round. And then a couple years well, down the road, they're like starting QB. They're the,
2: you know, that's, the program. Exactly so, I mean, one of the <laughs> things that we do, well, and it happens all the time, you know, and so, you know, we go really deep in our, you know, in our rookie mix on the, on the football side and on the, you know, on the NBA side, just for that sole reason, because you know, there's always a player that emerges. You look at Tom Brady, right, a totally. six round pick
1: exactly. you
2: know, uh, is a perfect example. Or, you know, I, you know, I, I remember Jeremy Lin when he came out in 2010 no one cared for him. No one right. wanted his card. You know, and then he exploded. There was that Lynn Sanity in New York. And his, right. card, went from, That's right. his, his card went from like a dollar a card, you know, autograph card on the secondary market to $30,000 during oh Lynn God. Sanity. Wow. Yeah. So you know, more because there's always those guys that emerge, there's always those guys that emerge or whether they wait for their shot, you know, whether it be Brady or, you know, Aaron Rodgers for that matter, who sat behind Brett Favre
1: forever right um, totally well wow. yeah. it's so funny um this is such a cool topic and for those that are listening that love sports and sports marketing and this has got to be like I mean your your space here um Jason this is so cool thank you for uh, t- introducing not only this space to us this industry but the, the company and whatnot share with our listeners though how they can connect with you connect with the company learn more or you know <laughs> or buy more
2: yeah yeah so I mean learn more buy more you Trade know, more, engage more, uh, <laughs> yep. engage more. Uh, our social um, IDs uh, is just at Panini America on Twitter and Instagram that's definitely a good place to start our blog is a great place to start and then our online store is PaniniAmerica.net
1: it's really really cool it's, it's awesome um, man thank you so much for coming on uh, this is a, a space that we look forward to following and having you back on down the road thanks so much for being with us today
0: Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms.